0: Linux Out Loud is firing up our microphones, connecting those headphones as we search the community for themes to expound upon. We keep the banner-friendly conversation, well, somewhat on topic, and have fun doing it. This week, we are spouting off about summertime tech bucket lists. Let's get into episode 59. Linux Out Loud is brought to you by Linode and Bitwarden. And with me this week, we have the photographer extraordinaire and person who probably delves more into robotics than anybody working on AI, Wendy, and the person with the totally unhealthy obsession with OpenSUSE, despite how much she says it is totally healthy, Nate. What's going on, guys? It's almost totally. It, it's only unhealthy. <laughs> only.
1: <laughs> I'm here. That's all I can say. Yay. I, I made it. And that's about it. Well, that's important.
2: <laughs> if you wouldn't have made it, then we would have had to hear Matt drool on and on about something.
1: Yeah, who knows what. I'm kind of curious as to how the show's going to go next week when I'm not here. But that's up to you guys. Good luck. <laughs> it'll probably
0: be an episode you won't listen to because it'll probably be something about gaming or Steam Deck or something. So let's do this to
2: Wendy topics that she doesn't want.
1: Yeah, something along those lines. (laughs) That's a good one. That's a good one. I know Bill has volunteered to step in and Magneto has volunteered to step in. And there's a poll on the discourse forms for Tux Digital asking who is going to take my place. And I think both of them having them both on together is winning but that's kind of up to you nate as you're the one editing and that might get a little crazy
2: i would love (laughs) to have both on at the same time that would probably be my favorite most painful editing job ever
1: (laughs) could be fun could be a lot of fun
2: loads of fun i think (laughs) but it would be it'd be my goal just to have like have magneto like Shame me somehow, you know, just like belittle me. That, that's like my goal. <laughs> if I can get him, just just like one well-crafted, you know, woven tapestry may, of insults would be great.
0: May, if the episode
1: we'll see what we can do, it may not make it to the show though.
0: I was just gonna say, if the episode just better. blows up, then Magneto's goal has been accomplished.
2: Right,
1: exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah, and it could be one of those things that you have like two hours of recording, but only thirty minutes is airable. That that's.
0: Well, no, I just, I just meant it, the episode will blow up as in it's Magneto. So things break.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there is that. Yes, exactly. Well, I'm a fixer. So together you will end up with the show. The breaker and the fixer on one.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it'll, it'll be fine.
0: Well, speaking of uh, fixing and getting things ready, Wendy, you have been preparing for more robotic stuff.
1: Yes, this is the last prep week for World. So we're recording on April 13th. By the time you guys are hearing this, I'm already in competition in Texas. And goodness sakes, is it one heck of a lead up. So we're using, of course, Pybricks on the robots. And we still notice some funky things on more battery side is where we've had some issues. So thankfully, because I've got three of those robots at home, I brought one of my newest batteries today. And that seemed to help work out some of the issues. They had to drop one run altogether just because time wise, they still weren't getting it. And that particular run just wasn't consistent enough to keep. So There has been some additional tweaks. The kids are working on getting presentations done. I just wish we had a couple more weeks in order to get everything out. After we're done recording today, I've got to help my two kids finish putting together the books for the judges they will have on the judging table during presentations. Lots and lots of work to do, so I might be just a little bit... Not here. My brain has other places as I've got this massive list of things to get done before we fly out on Monday. And tomorrow, tomorrow's Friday, that'll be the last time the kids get to run their robot before we get to Texas. That game table is massive. It's really pretty heavy. After tomorrow, it just kind of is what it is. We will take our coding laptops with us. They're actually... Going to be driving down with the robot. So tomorrow after practice, the coding laptops will go with my co-mentor, and then get packed in a car tomorrow night to start the overland trip by car to get to Texas from there. And thankfully, we do have kind of a day where we we get some prep time. There are some practice tables there in Texas that we can use we will have three practice runs I believe on Thursday so for us we'll arrive Wednesday Tuesday gets to be a little bit of a play day we go to go down to Galveston play in the ocean a little bit and then we have to be back at a certain time to help the test the coils the older robotics team get all of their pit stuff set up we're going to take our pit stuff the same day and put it in their pit So the next day, we don't have to unload all of that stuff again or unload more stuff. We can just take it from their pit to where ours is going to be, set it all up. And then Thursday, we get three practice runs, but that's about all we know. Maybe that'll be the first day that we do presentations. All of the stuff still says information coming, which it's getting down to the wire. It would be really nice to know when our robot runs are going to be, what day we've got presentations, all of that stuff. Normally, because the FTC team has gone to Worlds before, by this time they knew which grouping they were in. They had a lot of information that we just don't currently have right now. So I will feel better when we have our official schedule and we can kind of plan out what those days look like. But it's the last, last little bit of prep. Tomorrow's our last practice before we fly out. And I've had other people ask me, like, are you so excited? Are you so excited to go? And I'm like, I've got way too much on my to-do list to be excited. I'm too much more in panic mode, like, holy crap, how are we going to get this all done before we fly out? But at some point, it'll be, I'll just reach the point where I've done all I can do. What's done is done. And now it's time to just roll with it.
2: Now, I personally am excited for the kids to be able to go see the ocean because I'm I'm sure some of them haven't seen... You know, at least that part of Texas anyway, you know, the Gulf, I should say, yeah. rather. So that'll be really cool for them. And I, I hope throughout some of the craziness and the busyness and the stress, I'm hoping that you as well find some joy in all of it, because it's really very exciting. Like, I'm very excited for you. And I know you right now, you're probably not feeling the excitement, the stress. I know I get it. <laughs> not so much right now.
1: <laughs> but I am
2: super excited for you and for the team. You know, win or lose, you got this far. This is awesome. I mean, this is like super super awesome and i'm i'm really excited and I'm, I'm like i'm vicariously living through you and what you're doing and and i just I, I i hope to hear some updates like maybe if you could if you had the time no stress i'm not don't put this on your list but even <laughs> even if you like just like sent a recording of like a, an update like a, a 30 second something to put in the show next week that would be cool because i'm really excited to hear it and i don't want to wait have to wait like two
1: weeks to hear an update That's actually something that Magneto suggested was that, you know, it may not be the best audio quality, but send you guys a quick audio that can be cut into next week's show about how things are going or how everybody's enjoying it. Part of my stress is I've never been on an airplane before, and so (laughs) this is a whole new experience in so many other ways. I'm one of the people who've never seen the ocean, regardless of which ocean it is. I've, I've never gotten to see one. So those will be all new experiences for me, and I'm sure... I will love it once we get in there. It's just, I'm at the point that I still, I know, have so much to do and there's still time to do it in. When I hit that mark, it's kind of like when I'm having people over, whether it's a kid's birthday or something else going on. And my house is always a mess. We have people that live in it 24-7. So the house always looks lived in. There'll be things I'd be stressed out about trying to get done. And then I finally reach a point where I'm like, you know what? What's done is done, and that's it, and it's time to just enjoy the company that's here. And I'm sure I'll get to that point eventually with the process of getting ready. I'm just not there yet.
2: Yep, I totally get it. Um, Now, I will say I've flown many times, and I I don't enjoy flying, but I did have an incident where the plane, like, fell, (laughs) and... Like it wasn't like, it just kind of, it hit a a low pressure pocket or whatever, a a downdraft. I know what it was. So it just dropped. Everybody was screaming on the plane, but I was laughing because I figured if this is my last moment on earth, at least I'm going to enjoy it.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, that works. (laughs) That works. Go with it that way, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Cubicle Labs is continuing to get updates. Eventually, I think you're going to have this fully decked out, ready to go and can be your own commercial building.
2: Well, that's the idea. I, I'm already renting part of it out to a, a woodworker, and he needed more power. So I ran, which I think I talked about the, designing the uh, the thing, the the clamp in FreeCAD and printing out uh, a clamp holder yeah. for the for the mm-hmm. conduit. So I got the conduit run, and I ran the wire. Now the the, the fancy little gadgets like a like a Chinese finger puzzle thing, to grab onto the wire and pull it through. But well, it didn't hang onto the wire very well, and it, I had to like pull the wire back because it came off the wire it was such a big pain in the butt anyway uh, i figured out a way to get make that so it would work well and good there anyway i ran the wire and i put four plugs total using a misbehaving dimmer switch i pulled from my house i reprogrammed it to basically just be a virtual three-way switch so using home assistant and this switch i just have it plugged in and on the wi-fi so when he comes in the back door, he can just hit the button, not have to walk through a dark room in order to turn the lights on and off. So I, just little improvements like that. I'm very happy with, with how things are going there. I'm going to put in some more outlets and probably run another circuit, but that's not really priority right now. I just want some on another wall, basically. I want to put more outlets in. The, uh, the person who's renting a spot for an RV that's being stored also, that's going to leave here pretty soon. So I have another renter lined up for storing like a tractor and things like that. Anyway, so I got to make the place so it kind of, you know, pays for itself. And there's, uh I'm also doing some renovations in, in another part, putting some new flooring in and going to be painting the ceiling or whatever. So just, I'm really trying to, you know, church it up a little bit, I guess. So the the bay areas, which are not air conditioned, they look like a shop. Uh, eventually I want to make it look a lot nicer gonna you know, maybe do some metal paneling. Like you see like corrugated metal they, they put like on the inside of these buildings too. Like I you see like rental units, like commercial rental units. They do. That's a very simple thing they do on the walls. I, I'd like to do something like that eventually, but uh, that that's going to cost a lot of money. I got to make sure this place is kind of you know paying for itself before I, I get to that point. But anyway, so yeah, just doing a bunch of updates, spending a lot of a uh, lot of hours doing all these things. A one sentence description of what I did uh, translates to about three hours of work because I'm slow. Going up and down ladders and whatnot is is uh, takes time.
1: It's not your usual job, so it's expected that it's going to take a little bit longer. Who, other than somebody who does that all the time?
2: Right. Yeah, I'm glad that I got these things done. This was actually on my list of things to do, like really last year or even in the winter time, but just things just didn't work out for one reason or another. But finally now there was a a break in time. You got these major things done, and I'm I'm pretty happy about that. Maybe one of these days could have some sort of a Linux out loud meetup out here. You know, when it's all nice and shiny and standing tall like the Chrysler building or something like that. I don't know.
1: That could be kind of fun. And it could be a little dangerous having all of us together in one room. I mean, we are <laughs> over the internet, but physically in person, that could be a little scary.
2: Yes, it could. I am afraid of what Matt might and do. And fun,
1: especially if Magneto comes with me.
2: Oh, yeah, that'd be fun. Actually, you could <laughs> you could bring your kids and you could let them run free, you know, they'd be fine. We have nothing no giant pricker things here that'll get lodged in their shoes.
1: Nice. Unlike here. <laughs>
2: We have pricker bushes that are kind of awful. Maybe someday. Well, Matt, it looks like uh, you're having... Are these problems with your Acer, or what's going on here? (laughs) So, uh, the
0: Acer Studio X, uh, or Creator X, I don't remember the exact name, Swift, Swift X, is the laptop I got, I don't know, probably four or five months ago, give or take. I'm not counting the Gateway, because that was... More of a oh how good how bad is a hundred and seventy dollar computer? <laughs> uh, answer bad.
2: <laughs> I, I thought you were gonna say glorious,
0: uh, gloriously bad. There you go. Oh, there we go. So <laughs> the Acer that I bought is a meant for like content creators. So like the the refresh rate on the screen is only sixty hertz and that kind of stuff. But like sRGB and like the color gambit yeah, is really accurate and important and bright and all that stuff so that's cool however when you try running like anything GPU like seriously GPU intensive so there's a 3050 TI in it and I had a asus machine that had a 3050 TI in it I was like okay whatever no big deal as a replacement that this was for and uh when you can do no more than 35 watts on the GPU by default and Green with MV allows me to tack up another five watts onto the GPU. So things like even on my Asus machine that I had, which was a, I think it was a somewhere between a 60 and a 70 watt on the, the GPU. Uh, just from like if you're strictly just talking gaming, like if you're just going in that direction, games that should be getting 60 to 70 frames per second at least because of the dedicated video card and all that jazz. I'm not getting any better than I would on like Steam Deck performance level.
1: Wow.
0: This is like a 8-core, you know, this is a a 5900 or 5800U processor. So it's like 8-core, 16 threads, 16 gigs of RAM, SSD, dedicated video card. But for the life of me, I can't get performance much more than a, a Steam Deck.
1: Wow! Out
0: of out of like the G out of the GPU end of it. That's pretty crazy. And that's that is a severe bottleneck. Now, I want to caveat this and say that I don't know if this is a Linux specific issue or if this is a Windows related also issue. Don't want to go the Windows route because I refuse to go the Windows route because Windows eleven.
1: <laughs> I guess you could always throw Windows ten on there. And test it out and see if it makes a difference to know if it's a Windows issue or a Linux issue. But that's a whole lot of work to do an yeah. install of Windows just to test out the graphics card.
0: Yeah. And so the other problem is, is like because it's a creator's laptop and uh, I've been using it for like a lot of the the game sphere stuff and whatnot. Yeah. I, I have assets and everything else. And like, yeah, I can zip them up, you know, throw them up in the cloud. You know, own cloud, next cloud, whatever, right, Google yeah. Drive, wherever, where, wherever, and there's that option. But there's also other stuff on there that is just so obnoxious to always have to redo. Yeah, like like Linux to me is like a, a new and pave option to get rid of Windows. Once I have Linux set up, <laughs> I, I, I really, I really don't want to go back to the Windows end of things. Right, and. Unfortunately, because of that severe limitation, though, um, that machine is going to be getting sold just for that limitation. Now, again, it could be a hardware limitation. It could, and it's i uh, I'm not dealing with Windows limitation, and that's right. more of a user problem. Totally will own that one. But either way, So I've tried green with MV, which allows you to overclock the GPU and all that stuff. But it only gives me a five extra percent watt or five extra watts. So I can tune the GPU up to 40 watts instead of 35. still doesn't make enough of a difference. Yeah. It's great. It's great on things like in-bank and encoding and like all that kind of stuff. It's fine. Totally usable.
1: When it comes to actually gaming on it, then that's where it falls short.
0: Yeah. And that's where the catch is because... With the, the the processor, I'm able to offload a lot of, I can, in theory, just solely based on spec, I should be able to capture video of the game on the laptop locally, not like through a capture card and all the other kind of nonsensical ways that normally would have to do that. I can't even do that. Like, it, it just does not do it. And that for me, like as a content creator is bad. So I uh, sold the the Gateway already. The Acer is getting sold. And I purchased a, another computer.
1: <laughs> Ooh, so what are you getting? Of course what you did. What are you getting? I mean, you have to have something to fill the gaps for the two you're selling. So I understand buying the new one. But what is it?
0: <laughs> the new one, it is the Gigabyte Aero 5 XE4. So... This is a NVIDIA GeForce RTX 3070 Ti. (laughs) Wow. Not the brand newest. I I will say it's not a, you know, 480 or whatever. It's last gen. Intel Core i7, 12th gen. So I think it's six and I don't remember the exact like core count and all that stuff. I think it's 14 cores together. It's like eight efficiency and six like normal. Uh, 15.6 inch screen at 4K. And this will make
2: Nate cringe. It's AMOLED. Yeah, I mean, if you want to uh, carry around a plasma TV, that's fine. <laughs> um, 16 gigs of
0: RAM, one terabyte SSD. All, the, the refresh rate on the 4K is only 60, but I really don't care. I've never been a, like, give me 120 144 hertz. I, I just don't care.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of the same way, especially when people are like, but you just have to have that on a monitor. And I'm like, I, I don't see it. Um, maybe yeah. it's just me. I get migraines that are ocular, and so maybe i just don't pay that close attention i don't know i don't know i don't get it so here
0: here's the nice thing this one actually tells me the wattage of the gpu heck yeah (laughs) so there's a there's 130 watt 3070 ti in this so i looked up to where to expect performance wise on that particular card and i'm fine with that as far as the 4k i don't know It, it might be one of those i don't I don't blast at 4K anyway, so it, worse comes to worse, it becomes a, a, a 1080p out machine, whatever. I, I really right. don't care. It doesn't matter to me. Um, the other thing that I did like was that the price. The price for 3070 machines is $1,500, 1600 generically. This machine goes normally for, at least according to Newegg, which is where I bought it from, was Around twenty one hundred dollars. I did not spend that. Wow! Ooh. But that's what it book. That's what it books at.
1: That's crazy. That's a lot. of...
0: So the price I, the price savings wise that I got was nine hundred and eighty two dollars, or forty four percent. Nice. This is solely based on the fact that it was an open box. So
1: twelve
0: hundred dollars was my cost for that machine. I will take the chance on an open call, open box because I have looked at New Egg's return policy just in case. And, um, and, and the generically, you can return it as long as in that thirty days, and that's pretty much it. Like after the thirty days, you're screwed. Right. <laughs> like there's no way around that. So I'm totally fine with that. So it's bought, shipped, and sold by New Egg. There's no issues with it as far as I'm aware. That has been the new purchase. I will be crying for the next. Probably six months on my credit card. But hey, you know <laughs> what? I kind of had to because technically right now, I actually have no laptop.
1: The other ones just weren't getting the job done.
0: Actually, I can't say I won't install Windows on it because in order to sell it to get the most value, I oh, will have to install Windows. But mm-hmm. then that requires me to update Windows and Nuke and Pay Windows again once I update it and you know see if it was my end or just too much work and it was just one of those now.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: So either way, that is the new machine. The Acer is going away and the uh, gateway, well, that went away.
2: (laughs) I was just thinking about the Acer. Was the power limitation due to some sort of hardware limiting thing in there that wasn't allowing the 3050 to get the power? Or was was the power supply inadequate?
0: I honestly don't know. That's the problem so I don't know if it's a limitation on the brick that they sent because I bought the machine brand new. It was new inbox. Like I didn't have any of that particular nonsense where it's like, Oh, it's a second hand machine. It might not be the you know normal OEM. No, it's legit right from the OEM. Other than maybe it being uh, limiting on the, the brick. The only other thing I can think of is the, the, the draw on the overall system is too much. So I don't like again. I don't know exactly what it is, and some of the, again some of this is very specific to my situation. So and it's not because it like it's a nice machine. I like typing on it. I like using it and all that stuff. It's a 14 inch machine, so it, it's that happy medium for me. You know, portability versus a, a six, basically a 16 inch machine, which is what I'm getting. It's just one of those. It, just doesn't do what I need it to, unfortunately right. with the OS I prefer because windows 11 to me is just too much of a headache. And I've gone into reasons about
2: that. Yeah. You got to have something that can work for you. And if it doesn't work for you, there's no point in having it.
0: Exactly. So, yeah, I get um, it. and from everything I've, everything I've seen review wise, because I have looked up this very particular model, because the thing I like about new it gives you the full SKU model number. So you can just, you know if you want to google duckduck duck searcher <laughs> insert thing here and just use that skew and type in like linux or ubuntu or arch or whatever and you get some hits back it works fantastically <laughs> I- and on
2: a side note yeah i don't i don't know about the 4k thing like i just don't care <laughs> yeah i don't care about the 4k either i i don't
1: it really depends on a screen that size i don't know how much of a difference it makes I do have a 4K screen. My main screen is 4K, but I don't actually display things on it at 4K just because it makes things so much smaller. And
0: what, what do you do? 2K, I'm assuming.
1: No, actually, I've got it displaying quote unquote at 1080p. I still have all of the pixels. But the other monitor that I use is only 1080. And I don't like the difference between the two size-wise. I don't like things to change size as they're going back and forth. (laughs) Mm
3: -hmm. So
1: right now, I am displaying things at the lesser quality one. But like I said, I still have all those pictures. It still has all of that detail. I do like the way it makes text really crisp, really, really readable. On my main (laughs) monitor right now, and I wouldn't be opposed to getting another 4K monitor. What I don't like is 4K TVs. I haven't had very good experience with them, so I'd have no desire to go that route. It just kind of depends on the use case. But when you're looking at a laptop monitor, I think it kind of becomes a, a waste. Like 2K is the best I'd want to go there, and that way you'd still have some of that finer details, especially in the fineness of the text, being able to read things really clearly.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, the thing that I'm concerned about is, and what I've read from this particular machine, calling it a battery drain is an understatement.
2: Gotcha. Because of, yeah. Oh, that'll be fun.
0: Cause it, it's running. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, like I, when it comes to like example, the steam deck, if I'm running everything at full tilt, I don't expect more than an hour and a half at best. So whatever. Like I, I have really low, <laughs> No expectations when it comes to that.
2: Wow. This episode of Linux Out Loud is brought to you by Linode. Visit linode.com tux and see why over a million developers trust Linode for their infrastructure. From their award-winning support to their ease of use and setup, Linode has been a trusted partner for developers and businesses since 2003 because they offer the industry's best price to performance value for all compute instances, including Shared, dedicated, high memory, and GPUs. Leno makes cloud computing simple, affordable, and accessible, allowing you to focus on your customers, not your infrastructure. Visit leno.com slash tux to create a free account. Plus, you'll get a 60-day, $100 credit to your account. So
0: with the weather changing and that time of year where the weather warms up and you know we all might enjoy things going outside. I know Wendy and Nate both enjoy... You know, doing that whole nature the thing. The grand outdoors. Why, but, <laughs> you do too, you know, man yeah, that, that, I can't lie. Yeah, I do. But <laughs> anyway, that, that's total, totally irrelevant. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about you two. Oh, okay. Uh, what, just because they enjoy those aspects of life doesn't mean there aren't some tech projects and bucket list items that they're going to be willing to work on over the summer, which would require them, generically, not always, To be indoors to do. (laughs) So, Wendy, what are some of yours that you're looking to do?
1: Probably one of the top ones is an issue we're going to start having with Netflix. In-laws are a ways away. And part of the reason why we got a streaming box was so that the kids would have decent things to watch when we were there. Um, At one point when they still had a satellite, I'd been out helping my husband with something. I come in and I was like, holy cow, why is this on? And my mother-in-law's like, but it's Cartoon Network. And I'm like, yeah, just because it's Cartoon Network does not mean it's okay. (laughs) So (laughs) we bought the streaming box. We pay for the Netflix subscription, but that... Subscription now never touches our network. And one of the things that Netflix is doing is they're cracking down on account sharing. So even though it's our box and we pay for the subscription, all of that stuff, we're potentially going to be losing access to that device at their house. And one of the suggestions I've seen is to basically route that traffic through your home internet. Which the downside of that is our internet really isn't that fast as it is. So to have another device on our network that isn't even here could be a potential drain. And of course, my in-laws do use that streaming box. It's not like it's only used when we're there. So say I'm in the process of trying to upload shows, get stuff down. When I'm here at the house, I can tell everybody, hey, go do something else and get off the internet. But that's a lot harder when I don't know what's going on three hours away and what they're using the internet for. So I really don't want to route the box through our home internet. I need to figure out some way to either not lose that service or drop it altogether and then just stream some of those things in a different way. We'll just kind of see what happens there. But that's definitely one on my to-do list. And the second one, they're both related to my in-laws' houses And the next big thing is to actually install a pie hole at their house. I've been talking about this for a while, probably ever since I installed mine. Absolutely love it. I love the way that it helps protect the network. I love the way that it helps protect my kids. There's a whole lot of phoning home that doesn't get to happen on certain devices. We get some ads blocked. One of the biggest things that gets blocked is tracking and some of those nefarious style links. I get really, really frustrated when I get certain things through our umbrella school and they'll have tracking links on them. And I'm like, Hey, I don't allow those on my network. So if you would like to send me something that needs to be clicked on, can I get the direct link without the tracking? Because otherwise it's not going to happen. I refuse to turn it off for you because I have it on there for a reason to protect my family and my kids. So I don't turn it on for anybody. And I would love to have that there, especially where we've talked about how the fact that my in-laws are very not tech savvy and for their safety, especially because they do go on places like Facebook. And if it's a link, doesn't matter whether it's an email or on Facebook or something like that, my father-in-law clicks it and They're how people get information and all kinds of stuff, you know, just not realizing how dangerous that is. So I would actually say the the pie hole is a bigger thing that needs to be done over Netflix. I just need to make sure I've got the hardware and then be able to go set that up for them. That's something that's been having to wait for the summer. We haven't been over there. Well, we were recently over there, but before that, it was like the end of September. We really didn't get to travel a lot this winter with everything that, the kids and I had going on with robotics. So while that slows down, I'm not saying we're going to be done completely with robotics over the summer. I'd be lying if I didn't say it was the possibility that we still do some kind of robotics throughout the summer, but it won't be as intense. And when it's not as intense, we'll have some weekends that we can get away and I can go take care of some network stuff for them. So I can't think of really anything on my bucket list for the house right now. A lot of that's already getting taken care of with parts that I have Right now, heck! But it may not be summer until I can finally get them in. But everything else is on the in-laws' side of things. And Nate, you have some stuff for your place, and the first thing I'm guessing has to do something with the C64.
2: It does my C64 imposter, my AMD-powered desktop computer that looks like a Commodore 64 but isn't. It uh, runs OpenSUSE, of course. I have a CPU I need to put in there, and I, I want to do a memory upgrade in it as well. I just haven't had the time to do it. I got a bunch of other things that really are, is a higher priority. I mean, I could probably just do it, but then I got to sh- push all those other things down, and I, I don't want to do that right now. So that's one of the first things when I get uh, a little bit of time, which will be soon, which will be soon, to do some upgrades on that. I it, It'll be quite a bit more processing power for the for the CPU. It's a uh, the Ryzen 7 5700G. As opposed to 3400G that I have, a Ryzen five 3400G. So uh, I think single core performance is higher, as well as you know altogether. It's of course much better. So hopefully I'll have um, an even better desktop experience. And then it only has 32 gigabytes of RAM, and I think that's kind of kind of missing something there. If I had 64 gigabytes in my Commodore 64 imposter, I think that'd be better. So that I have to do that as well. Those are the two main things I have to do. And I haven't sourced the RAM yet. And, uh, you know, I I would get Rainbow Vomit Ram, but I have such low clearance on the inside of it. I don't want to risk, you know, impacting anything. So
1: With all the crap you gave me last week about Rainbow Vomit Ram, no, 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 no. You should be buying some But
2: if it doesn't fit in there, (laughs) it's not going to work. I
1: don't care (laughs) if it fits or not.
2: (laughs) But you wouldn't see it anyway. It's a beige (laughs) box that sits inside of.
1: (laughs) That's true. It's definitely hidden from yours at least. With either my main desktop or the kid's system that's being built, it does have a glass panel that you would be able to see the rainbow vomit coming out of it. Yeah. But I'm just saying, with all the crap you gave me, you need it more than I do.
2: Probably. Maybe. So, Yeah. You
1: know, Wendy. <laughs> yeah.
0: When you're buying the rainbow vomit.
2: <laughs> I am not. Somehow we have to hijack wherever she buys it from and send the wrong, you know, Contact Newegg or wherever and say, you know, send her this. I'll pay the difference. Send her this instead.
1: <laughs> Thankfully, their RAM is already here. Oh, so that's not no. a possibility. The one. thing for their system that isn't here is the CPU cooler, and that's not supposed to arrive until May sometime for some reason. So I might have to order them a new CPU cooler An RGB so one? we can get it put together faster. But, yeah, I'm not telling you guys where I'm ordering it.
0: So, so, Nate, what we got to do is we got to have Magneto take the current Ram and hide it. <laughs> and then we'll order her the desktop RBG Rainbow Vomit Ram Perfect. for Ooh, her. Like that. If, if that is the
2: only Ram she can that's find. It's a, a good idea. Although wow. I don't think, I don't think, wow. I think Magneto is probably on Team Wendy over Team Matt and Nate. I'm, I'm just going to throw that out there. Here's
1: the thing. No, I'm pretty sure Magneto would agree to something like that (laughs) and i'm having second thoughts about showing him how to join the show next week
2: (laughs) give him my number and he can call me and i will walk him through it or not (laughs) (laughs) anyway the next thing on my list that i I really want to knock out is i got the atari vcs same one you got. Well, no, I got the I got the the wood grain one because I had to have the wood grain. I couldn't. The, the black onyx was just too modern-ish. I had to have some wood on there. I just I needed it. I want to do the upgrades on that and then openSuzefy that. That's that's a big thing for me that I really want to get done. Probably within the next month or so.
1: So, is it still going to be a gaming system when you're done with it? or Are you going to use it for other things where you're putting OpenSUSE on it?
2: It'll be it'll be basically a, like a a Steam machine essentially. I'm going to put it in big picture mode okay. and then just have uh. You know, i have open SUSE on the the underpinnings of it, primarily for gaming in the living room. My hope is that I can relieve some of the pressure off of my Steam Deck. This is maybe a a shot in the dark because it's not as powerful as a Steam Deck, but hopefully I can get enough performance out of it that it'll pacify the kids and I can maybe recover my Steam Deck for...
1: You can get your Steam Deck back for the summer is what you're hoping. That's
2: kind of hoping, yeah. I I won't get it back fully. So
0: the Steam Deck that is supposed to be yours technically ended up being the kids. I don't know
1: what happened. I I even
2: said they're not going to be able to play on it. I remember I told you that. I said they're not going to they're not going to be able to play on it. And then somehow that didn't work out. I don't know what I did wrong. Bad parenting.
0: You let the kids. You let the kids use it once, and then once becomes many. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it gets more playtime than the PlayStation or the Nintendo Switch for sure. With like without question, that's pretty impressive. I think. Yeah, you because know, Nintendo has a lot of fun games. PlayStation has some mech games, mm-hmm. but the kids like it, like the Battle Battlefront something, Star Wars Battle. So- I don't know what it's called. Uh, the I, Lego I, I game. No, no, no. The uh, it's it's a uh, it, it's more like well rendered looking. It's more realistic. I don't know. It's not, it's <laughs> gotcha. not cartoony. No, Battlefront, yeah, bat- battle, battle yeah, something. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Ba- Battlefront too. Yeah, yeah.
2: The kids really like it. Uh, they. For whatever reason, I'm a little bit, a little bit ashamed that they constantly choose being like stormtroopers and Darth Vader over the good guys. I don't know what I did wrong. Again, bad parenting.
0: Well, I mean, if they're playing the stormtroopers, they're not going to hit anything anyway, That's so true. it's fine. <laughs> I guess you could say it's it's a stormtrooper, so they're always going to miss their mark.
2: Right. <laughs> anyway, um, I think the graphics are really awesome. I think they can play two at once and. The PlayStation 4 can keep up with that, and it, it looks really good. The kids have fun. You know, on rainy days, when you can't play outside, you know, that's what the PlayStation's for.
1: Right, definitely. Exactly.
2: Or the Steam Deck or Switch or whatever. Now, this will be a little bit more work. N- another thing that's really important for me to get done, I, I started this project, but things keep, like, pushing it back, is, but I want to build my open a I, I have shown it on one of my videos, the the start of it, but it is a... Macintosh classic from the 90s, I think. That's dead, and I'm going to put an OpenSUSE, or I should say, a, a, a modern system inside it and run OpenSUSE on it. So I'll make it my OpenSUSE-Tosh and put like a little, you know, I'll put a little LCD screen where the CRT would go, and it'd be color, of course. Of course. And I had been struggling a little bit, like with the with the guts of it, but I have that worked out. No spoilers, but I I am going to get that going. I want it to be so I can run it off a of battery as well, so I can unplug it and and go me, that's important. So that's, that's something that I'm going to build into it as well. So that's something I want to get done also this summer. I, I really would like to. I've, I bought most of the components. I don't have the motherboard yet, but I, I, I now have chosen what I'm going to use. And I'll have to design some of the internal components, probably using J-Sketcher that we talked about last week, to hold all the stuff on the inside and, and make it a nice final product. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. The last and probably the, the biggest thing that I, I want to get done which is also already started. It is in progress, but it's going to take a little, some engineering yet to get all all situated. But I'm going to get cubicle labs on partial solar power. It's just going to offset some of my Ooh. costs. It's not going to, I'm not yeah. going to have battery backup initially. I just want to have a grid tie so that I can pull in power, you know, from this largely flat-ish roof that I have that's not doing anything but absorbing the the sun's energy. Heat. sun. Yeah. And I yeah. And, uh, have some solar panels and absorb it instead and then put it onto the grid. I just want to offset some of my electrical costs. It's not going to completely, but I just want to be able to like reduce some costs back here so that it's less expenses and a little
1: bit more you know, manageable.
2: Yeah. Now it's not horrible now, but when I'm doing a lot of 3D printing or running machines or whatever, it's noticeable. You know, if I, if it's just idle back here, because I mean I, I shut things down. I don't I don't let things just run and run and run. Uh, it, it, it's not too bad. Right. Like last month wasn't too bad, but there, this next month is going to be pretty bad. So I I just want to offset some of that that cost. You know, there's a I am renting space out here as I talked about previously. So he uses quite a bit of electrical power to run his machines. And you know if I can reduce some of the electrical power usage, that would be all the better for me. Those are my, my top tech bucket list things that I want to get done. And probably the last one being the most important, but the first one I really want to do probably the most.
1: That makes sense. The last one is more stuff that is part of being an adult and making life easier as an adult. And the first thing is more the fun stuff, the play stuff, the things that we enjoy.
2: Yeah.
0: So we're going to do the play stuff first and then the adult stuff last.
1: Well, I did it
2: from uh, simplest to most complex as far as like what time-wise, what it's going to take me. That's how I laid it out. Keep telling yourself that, Nate. (laughs) Now, (laughs) the solar power thing is actually probably about a third done already. I I already had the inverters in place, the circuit in place. I've run the conduit. (laughs) Nice. Now I just got to build the frames and mount the frames and then mount the panels on the frames
1: and then wire it all together. So do you already have the panels for it? Yes. Yes. Oh, nice. That makes it so much easier if you've already got the stuff on hand, though it does take time to do all that. And it is a fairly large project. It's not just a teardown of a computer. That's more of a construction type project, especially get everything mounted. Good luck with that. I'm kind of curious as to how that goes and then what your overall power savings ends up being once you have those installed.
2: Yeah, I am too. I'm curious to see. And then I got to get, get all the uh, approvals in place too for, for this edition. Now, it's not infrastructural wiring, so it doesn't require all the permitting, but it, it does require approval from the electrical provider for me to, to put it on, on the grid, power on the grid.
1: Yeah, good luck.
2: Yep, should be fun. Matt, so you are doing something with the home theater PC again?
0: Yeah, so uh, these are projects that I started and actually never finished. Finished. So, what better time? How many of those do you have? About as many as you. What a bet. That means a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> a lot of things that I start, but never get to go anywhere, unfortunately. Uh, so, yeah, this particular one is the home theater changeover. So, finishing like converting all my Blu ray discs to actual storage. <laughs> um and that kind of stuff so getting all those onto storage devices and getting the atari vcs to actually do what it's going to be used for and that's you know home theater pc for mm-hmm. local network and stuff <laughs> uh, that's going to be what that's used for and the other thing is finishing downloading all my Juji games i don't know probably sometime last year i believe I talked about a program that I was using to download all my GOG games because the default way of doing it is kind of obnoxious, uh, and not a fan of it. I have found that I can actually use that program in Linux via wine, which is fantastic. Now there are programs in Linux that yes, you can do this all from the command line and all the other stuff. I don't want to deal with the headache. (laughs) We've been over. Nate complains about the weird esoteric syntax of things in in Arch. Yep. I just complain about the fact that I have to use a CLI program in order to do something that literally (laughs) every other application that I can find based on a store allows me to do. (laughs) So, for me, the best option is this particular program Um, is uh, GOG. I think... Is it GOGGUI.exe or something? I I don't uh, remember the exact thing that it's built on. The exact application. It's a CLI Windows application that is uh, GOGCLI.exe is the actual application. But this works on Linux. It doesn't play nice with external drives, though. That's the one thing I have found an issue with. Oh. Well, no, it's a wine issue. uh, Oh, okay. So it's just when you tell it to drop a game onto like, defaultly, like, where you want it to download to, and you tell it to SDB or SDA 1, 2, or, you know, however you want to load yeah. your drives. Yeah, it definitely. doesn't play nicely with that when it's translating it to, like, a Windows-style drive. Uh-huh. So it gets, a l- it gets a little weird. Um, so I just have to download it to the local machine. I can store up to, like, 500 gigs on the local machine, so I'm not too worried about it. I can just drag all that off anyway.
1: Nice. Yeah. Um,
0: so that, the, those are my two projects because I think because I've bought more GOG games lately than anything else. Mostly just because uh, when the Wii U store closed um, recently, mm-hmm. the digital store, that made me want to uh, actually own the things. <laughs> so if right. I have all these EXEs and stuff offloaded, then it, it's less of a concern. So that's kind of where i'm at um and i think i got done i was around game 200 something on on the the gog list and i'm at like Wait, two what
1: <laughs> you said recent games downloading recent games that's like
0: no, no no so that was where i stopped so that's where i had stopped as in i had no more games from gog to add
1: oh okay okay gotcha Gotcha. Now I
0: have about <laughs> another sixty or so games to add to that.
1: <laughs> Holy cow! So did you buy most of these games off like this recent spring sale? or are these recent games within like the last several months, last six months?
0: Probably since the last time I've talked about this is it's been probably the last six, seven months mostly. Um, okay. A lot of them. A lot of them been sales and stuff. I like. My GOG wish list is a little different than my Steam wish list. So, right, yeah. So Steam, Steam is more current games that I want to know that are going to be on sale, like more mm-hmm. like recent release games. GOG is just stuff that, like, they do release recent stuff, but I'm more willing to pay a little more on GOG sometimes because I don't have to worry about once I download it. Gotcha. So once it's downloaded, like, w- once all the parts are downloaded, it, it just don't matter. It's just done. So there are certain games that I've paid more for on GOG. But, you know, when some of the games are like $3 or $5, and it's like, okay, whatever. You know, so I'll pick one up here and there. And sometimes it's like, oh, I had an extra five bucks this week. So I, you know, go and buy a GOG game or whatever. You know, it's just kind of, in. I don't want to say indiscriminate spending, but like more disposable income spending when it comes to just like, Oh, I actually have some extra leftover cash this week, so I can go and splurge a little bit on GOG. That's kind buy of this game or
1: pick up this thing that I wanted that's on sale, kind of deal. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That's that's why a lot of my recommendations I've been tagging GOG a lot more instead of Steam. Now I have my issues with GOG and their Linux. I use the term support very loosely, um, but as far as just like. Owning the product—that's what I care about, and that's what they provide. So that's yeah. kind of why I'm why I'm going this route. So I got to finish doing that.
2: You pushed me toward using Mini Galaxy for managing my GOG games, which I have been using, but now you're talking mm-hmm. about something that uses a different thing. <laughs> Is it for archiving that you're doing that, or, or what, what's your reason?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's for local archiving. Okay. So that way, I can I have the games. So I don't need to rely on, like, if GOG goes away as of now, there go about three, uh, about a hundred games. I'm just rounding it off. About a hundred games I currently don't have. And that I don't like, especially after seeing what happened with, like, the Wii U store and Mm -hmm. when Sony was like, oh, hey, we're going to close the digital stores and all this other stuff. And people were like, hey, how about not? (laughs) Um, And it becomes a, a problem especially if you've bought stuff off of them. So right. uh, I'm very big on the archiving of that kind of stuff, especially stuff that I own. Now, valve, I give right. a little more leeway because there are games that are not on sale anymore on the, the platform that I can still download and play. So I give valve a little more leeway on that, that if maybe they go away, that they will make it so you can actually download your games and play them without stuff. But there's still that chance that, the answer yeah. would be no.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't even have to be games. There's been some educational resources that I've bought things off of, and I want to make sure I download them and archive them right away. Because if for some some reason those get taken down, I don't want to lose these things that I've paid for.
0: Exactly. And yeah, that, that, that archiving is very important to me. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, own physical. I'm like, well, physical is awesome, but it has bit rot. Same with digital. Yeah. Digital has bit rot. This is why you have it a couple of times. This is why you have, you know, two or three backups in different spots.
1: Definitely. So
0: those are my projects and those are not going to be time consuming. Just, well, okay. The, the Blu-ray one, that, that's, that's going to be time consuming. That
1: one's time consuming without a doubt. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, the, the gaming one, I can just pull in a, make a, it'll, it takes a session cookie, from GOG and uses that as the login. So therefore it pulls in all your games and then you can just kind of download it through that way. Um, and it's a great application despite its main OS support.
2: <laughs> the games that you download from Steam, it puts them on a Steam folder in your .dot .files. Mm-hmm. Can you very easily just move those to another machine without issue or does it not work like that?
0: Uh, so remember how you asked how you move folders yes. on Steam? Mm-hmm. You can do that just on any other drive. You just have, when you log into Steam, you have to point, you still have to use Steam. So, like, you can back up all that data that's in there. Okay.
1: It just has to be run through Steam.
0: When you log into Steam, you just have to point Steam back to all that data. So, it still has the reliance on Steam.
2: Right. And that's fine as long as Steam's around. But what I'm saying though is like, if, let's say I, um, I downloaded a bunch of games on my Commodore sixty four Imposter. Then I, I built something else, and I want to play games on that. Rather than re-download all the games, can I move that data to the other machine and then have Steam sift through it?
0: Oh, so here here is the nice little thing. This is something actually. The Steam Deck it, it was pushed out to the for specifically the Steam Deck, but Steam now allows over network transfers of pre-existing installs of games and stuff
2: nice that is nice
0: so um as an example i had i think it was tales of berseria there was a game that i had i think it was tales of berseria that i was playing on steam deck but i didn't have on my pc well guess what i ended up having it on my pc and once i went to it was like oh install and it just transferred from my steam deck to my pc heck yeah it used the steam deck as the local file storage as opposed to the going and get it from Steam servers and pulling it down.
2: Well, that's pretty cool.
1: And it's probably faster for them and takes the load off their servers.
0: Load off the servers, load off your bandwidth as well. Because it's yeah. it's, all, yep. it's all local network stuff. It's not ISP stuff. That's very cool.
1: I wonder if that'll help when after I get the kids gaming system set up, being able to do some of that instead of having to redownload it directly from their servers again i'm really curious
0: yeah so log into the account and it should say something about like transferring games or something i don't have the full info off the top of my head right now i know what it is for but um that's the kind of the short of it it does local network transfers as opposed to over you know steam server
3: transfers
1: sweet
0: So throw in your two cents and let us know some of the summertime bucket list projects that you have and whether or not you actually plan on completing them. Because, you know, unlike me, I usually don't. Uh Uh, so, So comment down below and let us know.
3: Hello, Magneto here. This episode of Linux Out Loud is sponsored by Bitwarden. Bitwarden is the password manager that we, well, that they use and trust. Bitwarden lets you set up things like a pin to easily access your password as well as additional authentication such as master password and adding phrases to fingerprint security, all to keep your password safe. From me. Bitwarden is the easiest and safest way for individuals, teams, and businesses to store, share, and sync their sensitive data. Go to bitwarden.com tux to get started for free. $10 premium account includes one gigabyte of encrypted file storage, two-step login with YubiKey, U2F, or Duo, Vault Health Reports, and TOTP Authenticator Storage and Generation, and priority customer support. Make the smart move, like many from the community have, and go to bitwarden.com tux to get started for free. If you're like my wife, Sinister Wendy, You'll want to show your appreciation by signing up for the Premium Edition, especially since the Premium Edition only starts at $10 a year. Thanks to Bitwarden for supporting this episode of Lennox Out Loud. Magneto out.
0: So, Wendy, the one other thing you're able to do besides robotics, but it's still related to robotics, <laughs> has been your 3D printer has been giving you nothing but a headache. Wait, wait, it seems like.
1: Yeah, it has. And the new main board arrived and I couldn't help myself. I had to actually start connecting some of the wires. So all of the motors are connected. All of the heating elements, the therm- the thermistors are connected. I have most of the power connected. I do need a new power cable to run directly into the motor power section of the board, but there are some ri- wires I'm going to need to rework. So the BL touch sensor that I've got on mine, I did it the, the easy way last time the wiring this time I'm actually going to completely remove that connector, wire it in properly to the board because at this point I don't see the need to keep the original wiring for it. There's what, four or five wires that come out of the BL Touch. And on the extender cable, it has a couple of those wires crossed. And I can see directly from the instructions and when I wired it into my other board that that wiring doesn't work for these boards. And so I'm just going to do it the right way, take off the old connector, put a new one on so that one's ready to go. And the other thing that needs to change is I have two endpoint sensors. So one for the X and one for the Y. And on the sensors themselves, it's a three-prong sensor. But on the other side, the side that's supposed to go into the board, currently it's only a two. They're threes on the board itself of course there's only two wires so one it's making sure you're connecting it to the right wires and just changing out those ends after that's done which I'm hoping to be able to get that done this weekend I really would like to make sure that everything works before I leave I probably won't get to print anything um, because I do need to spend some time reworking that configuration file because it is a new board But once I have all of that done, I can make sure that everything files up properly, make sure I don't release any magical blue smoke, and then from there, rework my configuration file and finally get my printer up and running. I would like to have this done before I leave. I would also like to have the kids system put back together, but as I talked about earlier, I don't even have their CPU cooler yet. So we're still waiting on that. But this is one project that I could say, hey, you know, I'm taking a little bit of time for myself, taking some time out for the prep, finish getting this wired in, make sure everything fires up. I need to learn how to use that CAD software that you have talked about, Nate, because this board won't fit in that current box for the electronics right now. Hmm. It's much bigger. And there's a lot more going on with the power wires coming in and out of the board to that PSU, that power supply. So I'm going to have to figure out something else for it, a different way to seal it all up. I would thought like a mini desktop case would be kind of fun. The biggest downside of using a case like that, a pre-built little mini ATX computer case, is that it is an industrial power supply and so it won't fit neatly in there like... A computer power supply would, and I do need uh, that heavier duty power supply. So we'll see. I will eventually get around to building a case for this, but it'll probably start out not in one. The other concern about that not being in a case is we do have three house cats right now, and cats get into everything. And so I'm a little concerned about having exposed wires and that kind of stuff with them around because they are. Just as bad as babies with what they decide to play with and chew on. They do have the cat die from electricity in National Lampoon's Christmas for a reason. (laughs) (laughs) There's some truth to that. I mean, not to that extent, but as far as what they chew on and the damage they can do themselves and things around them. So I am a little concerned that way about not having this officially in a case and in an area where they do have some access to it but I have that window in which things are returnable and I'd really like to make sure that everything's rock solid that everything's ready to go that the 3d printer's running properly before I'm outside that return window again everything worked out all right when I returned the last one it was outside of that return window so I did have to pay for shipping but overall I did get a partial refund for it And if there's something wrong with this one or I have to go back to the old main board, you know, whatever, I would just like to have that knocked out, that taken care of before we're outside of that window. I'm pretty excited though. It's coming along. It's sitting here next to me. I would rather it working than sitting here next to me, but the flexibility this board has is absolutely awesome. You get to pick the voltage for your fans, so of course my hot end fan and the parts fan are five volts, so i've got them set with the jumpers for five volts but for this main board and the raspberry pi that i've got clipper running off of i can connect a larger 12 volt fan to this board and have it properly powered which is really cool give them way more airflow with whatever custom case that i decide to go with on here keeping all the parts as cool as possible having some more flexibility there with fan choice and the amount of air that they can push
2: anytime i hear things like custom or selectable whatever accessory you plug in those are happy words to me because it keeps you from being locked into any specific thing and i I appreciate that well, I'm I'm actually excited to, to know how this works out. I do have a frame for another 3D printer that is not being utilized because uh, it's kind of a piece. It was a piece of garbage. I, I bought it really cheap, and <laughs> there are reasons why.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: it'd be nice to take that frame and rebuild it out into something because it has a nice enclosure for the the brains and whatnot of of the the thing that you can put inside of it. But I'd like to build a a better 3D printer off of what I have now. I mean, it's it's the same kind of Ender-3 style. It just doesn't have a heated bed, which is basically garbage. But it does have a glass right. surface, which I guess is nice. But nice. Without, without a heated bed, it's, it's no good. So then, you know, just buy parts and, and find components and pieces to make this thing work best for me. It'd be nice to have a second 3D printer because one is not enough, I find. Because if you have to, like, do a lot of a specific kind of part... And you have one 3D printer, it just takes so long. But if you have multiple, then obviously you have, you know, twice the throughput.
1: Right. You've got way more going on. And that's kind of the reason why I went with this board when the original replacement board I had finished dying is I have up to 10 motors on this, which right now I'm only utilizing five, my X, my Y, two Z motors, and an extruder. But this gives me the flexibility of adding a second extruder, being able to play with a lot of different things, fans, rainbow vomit, all kinds of stuff, different sensors that I can put on it. And I love the fact that this board is built to handle all of that power coming directly into it. I know last week I talked about how there was that little breakout board, which you needed to run the hotbed power through. And originally I was thinking, you know, wouldn't the hot end need more power, because it's heating up to such higher temperatures. And then I was thinking about it, it does make sense that overall, it's that bed that needs more because it's open to the air, especially on mine right now, I don't have it enclosed. So just the sheer amount of power that it needs to keep those temperatures up, keep it consistent for however long it's printing is going to be more dramatic with that. So it has power motor, the main power board going in hotbed power coming in and hotbed power going out on it. Pretty easy to wire up. I mean, the instructions that big Tree Tech gives for setting these up is actually really pretty nice, showing you the different wire diagrams, the pins. The only thing I've really had to go find some information for was how to rewire those endpoint sensors, which shouldn't be that big of a deal. I just need time to sit down remove the old connectors, put new ones on, and then it'll be time to flash the board with firmware. Really pretty straightforward. I was happy with my last one. I hope to be happy with this one. I hope to not have it dead this time that everything runs fluidly. So we'll see how it goes. I will let you guys know. If I do get it up and running, it's probably big, just big talk saying I, I'm going to get it done before I fly out. I probably won't, but I would like to. I'd like to say that I'm going to, even though yeah, it may not happen. But Nate, you are finally done with fencing. You've got not only stuff going on in upgrading cubicle labs, but you've been busy upgrading, making things look nicer on the outside as well.
2: There's a lot of vegetation here. Like, where I live in Michigan, basically, nature will take over very quickly. It will it will, right. It will, will consume anything on, on the property. There are trails that were cut back here, like, before I, I moved in, that they were kind of narrow, and there were some other, you know, things and such in the way. So I I removed some more trees and, and like, cut some branches back and widened the trails so it would be a little bit safer for kids to, you know, drive down and whatnot and less, less winding, you know, get, get rid of some of the... The zigs and zags, because if you zag instead of zig, then you know something bad happens. But anyway, so I've widened the trails, cleared out some of the the bush and the brush and such around the edge of the property as well. So it's there's a lot of pricker bushes here, and I'm gonna wipe those things out, especially like where I mow the, the lawn. I'd like to have it cleared out, and I'm also cutting some new trails. So there's a a clearing that's kind of behind, right behind Cubicle Labs. There's like a some you know trees and brush and whatever and bushes. And just beyond that, there's a big clearing and I made that clearing a little bit bigger with the idea that you know, we can do like set up our tents and like, you know, camp back there one night or whatever. And uh, although we didn't do it last year, but the intent was there. Uh, it got kind of muddy. Anyway, so I'm, I'm going to clear that, make that a little bit bigger and then also make it so that there's an entry point that's wide enough to actually like, drive a truck back there. They don't have to walk things back, but I can actually drive back there. I want to make some other like little clearing areas and on the trails as well. So it's it's very almost claustrophobic as to how how thick the actual vegetation is in some of the areas so r- right now while spring hasn't quite fully sprung yet is the time to wipe a lot of the stuff out before it it really grows haven't selected a spot yet but i want to create some other like little little clearing areas if, let's say, the kids want to pull off, you know, off the trail or whatever, there's just, like, there's some spots where you can do that. And uh, just to make some other, like, little little areas, little nooks, little places. You know, also, if, like, when the kids want to chase each other, like, through the woods or whatever, it's more fun if you have more paths, I think. Oh, definitely. So I, I'd like to, yeah, so I just want to cut some more paths. And also, I like to, sometimes I like to run my property. It's about, uh, it's almost a kilometer loop the way I run it. And, uh, and I want to be, yeah, so I want to be able to have a few more paths in there to make it more interesting to, to run, you know, some other winding areas and whatnot. There's a lot of living things back there too. We have, you know, wild turkeys, deer. Saw some raccoon prints, which am not really happy about that. Raccoons are awful.
1: <laughs> yes, they are.
2: But, you know, I, I like, it's fun to kind of, you know, run back there and see things. And uh, I had a, I had a wild turkey visitor this morning looking at me, and I'm, I'm not sure what she was thinking. But my, my turkeys were, like, dancing in front of her. It was pretty funny. So uh, she wasn't impressed. <laughs>
1: That's cool. It's The weather's getting nice, or at least it sounds like it's getting nice here. We had another winter day today. We had some gorgeous days earlier this week. I threw on a tank top and was just going to throw on a really light crop jacket to go over top of it while we were at co-op. And my daughter comes in as I was finishing getting ready and goes, I don't think you want to wear that. Look outside. And I'm like, crap, fine. I'll go put on a sweater. <laughs> I don't want to go put on a sweater. So hopefully... I'm sure it's a bit fickle there as well, but hopefully the weather stays nice and lets you get some of that finished before the weather actually gets hot.
2: Yeah, that cold that you're talking about, that's on its way here next so Monday we're going to uh, have we're going to have a uh, like a 30 degree drop in temperature. Yeah. Matt, it's nice to see you haven't disappointed yet again. I mean, you're a disappointment, but you haven't disappointed. <laughs>
0: Oh neat! <laughs> Next week's gonna be fun.
1: I cannot wait to hear this show. Yeah, it's gonna be a bit crazy. Though bit. I want the raw show. I want the unedited show because I've got to know everything that happens off air.
2: Okay. Yeah.
0: No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, I'll, I'll
2: go through and I'll, I'll I'll clean up all the gaps and whatever, and then I will do a you know a release a super behind the scenes yeah. show for and then and then perfect. you can listen to that yeah
1: awesome this one looks like it's a fighting game in a post-apocalyptic world
0: yes so this is a futuristic version of uh, odyssey to the west so anybody who has ever read odyssey to the west it's basically like the the monkey king and kind of very um chinese and asian folklore um but set this is set more in like Post-apocalyptic kind of future, you know, World War Three happened. Not many humans left. Robots fight. You know, all that fun stuff. It's more of an action adventure style game. Right. Um, the the secondary character that you have, obviously, the trailer shows mainly the fighting and whatnot. But the secondary character kind of helps you out throughout the game. It's kind of like Bioshock Infinite, where you have uh, ah jeez. Elizabeth in Bioshock Infinite helping you, it, that's kind of uh, this character's role. So
1: which one is the main character? Because I'm looking at the pictures. Is it the guy with the crown or the redhead?
0: Yeah, the 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 guy with the crown is the main character. The, yeah. the girl, the, her name escapes me off the top of my head at the moment, but uh, she is like a secondary controllable character in certain parts okay. of the game for um, puzzle solving and that kind of stuff. You can bounce so it, back and, it, it's and it's forth like,
1: between the two, but usually you are the...
0: Yeah, usually the you're, the, you're the, uh, the the guy with the crown because the crown is actually a, hence the enslaved part of the name, is a control device for the guy to, uh, the girl put on the guy in order for him to help her with what she's trying to do. Gotcha. Um, it's, it, it, again, it's very much Odyssey to the West if you've ever read any of those style of books. So I enjoy the game. It's... Uh, it's deck verified, so um, I get it at 720p60 as far as what I've played it at. Um, I have it on the Atari VCS right now. Um, I've played it on there. Uh, it was originally a PS3, Xbox 360 game. So uh, it was done by Ninja Theory, who are the guys who did Heavenly Sword. They also did like a uh, Sacrifice and uh, Hellblade, the other game that most people will know them for. Um, so definitely a, a fun game, different game. If you are a fan of kind of the old Tomb Raider style games before the, the 2013 reboot, this is probably definitely going to be up your kind of alley.
1: 2013, so it's not incredibly new. And looking at the system requirements, really, that's not bad. It's pretty dang basic. So most people should be able to run this game without a problem. Two gigs of RAM. Intel Core Duo with an yeah. NVIDIA GeForce 960. I mean, really, yeah. not bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, the the hardware requirements are very, very low. Let's just put it that way. Um, right. So de- definitely, uh, I would say it's more of a game to pick up on sale. I think the price is, what, 20 bucks. Yeah, I'm
1: seeing $20 on Steam right now. But this is when you so. can easily add to any wish list and then just... Grab it when it goes
0: on sale. Yeah, definitely. And when it goes on sale, it goes on sale for like five dollars. Oh wow! Go, it like it goes for really, really cheap. Um, so, if any of those kind of games interest you, um, even you could almost even say it's kind of like some of the Uncharted games for those that want like a PlayStation equivalent. Um, so Now, the Uncharted
1: games are ones that I'm interested in, and I almost (laughs) wish I would have grabbed the one bundle that was on Steam or, yeah, the one series of games that was on Steam when it was on sale, and I didn't. So I am a little intrigued. I do like the puzzle aspect of those, but when it comes to battle, I know I'm not going to do well. The last puzzle game that I was playing, I can't remember what it was even called right now, Tandem, Tale of Shadows, I've gotten to the point where there's like some parkour type stuff in it and I've pretty much given up at this point. One, I haven't had time to play, but parkour related things are so flipping frustrating because I'm not good at that stuff. I know I'm not good at that stuff and I know battle wise, I just die and then I rage quit.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, Uh, no, the one you're talking about, I believe is, uh, is it the Thieves Legacy, I think is the Uncharted one you're Uh, you're talking about? I think so. I don't know. I have to check the
1: wish list. I know there was more than one of the Uncharted games in it, and I only added it to my wish list after watching the movie because I really enjoyed the movie. It sounded like there was a lot of fans of the games that approved of the movie and how they followed the lore or like still keeping with some of the lore as a prequel (laughs) to those games. I don't see it on my wish list, but I have so many things on here. So, so, it,
0: have to uh, so, I'm looking at it right now. Um, so, Uncharted uh, Legacy of Thieves collection has yeah. Uncharted 4, A uh, Thieves' and and Uncharted The Lost Legacy. So, Uncharted 4 is kind of the conclusion of the Nathan Drake story, and Lost Legacy is. A side story uh, uh, depends on how you really want to look at it from a timeline perspective. Gotcha. Um, that deals with the side characters of uh, Chloe and another one that is within the, the series. So uh, that goes for fifty bucks normally. So right. I mean, two games, it's like twenty five bucks a whack. Eh. Um, I already not horrible that B4 way, but I'd myself. still
1: rather pick it up on sale, whether especially where I'm not sure if I'm going to truly enjoy the gameplay or not.
0: Yeah, the the best way to describe them is they're movies with action set pieces that you play. That that oh, okay. That's the best way to, and a lot of puzzle elements to it. Not Love a lot, the puzzles. Like, puzzle Enslaved is very much kind of in this kind of vein. So
2: a mix of combat, a mix of, you know, environmental exploration and puzzles
0: yeah. and that kind of stuff.
1: Very cool.
2: Yeah, it's one of those games that it's uh, surprisingly tame from you. <laughs>
1: Matt's been doing pretty good lately on the teamness of the games. I wonder if some of that's because we've given him such a hard time that he's had to prove to us. He's like, see, guys, I can not only do family friendly games, but I can do games that aren't JRPGs. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Just don't look at my Steam Deck, because literally every single game is some type of JRPG. Not going to lie. Well, that's not a
1: surprise, to be fair.
0: I will totally own that all the way. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Now it's your turn to toss in your two cents on today's topic. Hit the discourse form, drop us a line under this video, or on the contact form by visiting tuxdigital.com slash contact. If you'd like to hang out with us on our preferred social media, see the links at the bottom of the show description. Find other great shows like Hardware Addicts, Gamesphere, Linux Saloon, and more at TuxDigital.com. You can also show off your love for your favorite podcasts and shows by visiting the Tux Digital merch store. Grab yourself some awesome swag like the gamer-centric, I pause my game to be here. I do it every week. Or you can join hashtag TeamWendy with some sinister Wendy merch. She is evil despite what
2: she will say.
1: I am one of the nicest people you'll ever meet, aside from Jill. I don't
2: think she's evil.
1: I'm not evil.
2: No, I would never say that.
1: I might be married to Magneto, but I'm not evil.
0: <laughs> the sinister part would say otherwise. As always, we thank you for joining us, and we'll be back next week for another awesome episode of Lennox. Out Loud. Until then, keep the banner friendly the conversation somewhat on topic, and have fun doing it.
2: I mean, I wouldn't want to cross Wendy, but I'm, I don't do not crosser? I think you're fine. <laughs>